welcome to Armstrong um, Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. <laughs> um, so this is our new music and movies platform. Um, splitting up from the No Clue Podcast, of course. You know us. Uh, but we're here to break down music. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone listening. Yes. Um, but let's get right into it, man. Get right into it. Yeah, there was 2022, the, last, the like, end of 2022. I mean, 2021. Yeah, the last, the last two months, I, I would say. Yeah, basically the last uh, quarter, music wise. I would say overall, it was kind of quiet. There was a couple of strong weeks, but it wasn't like we didn't just close the year out with constant crazy new releases. Right. Yeah. And it, it quiet in the way that none of the releases were stop the streets style no they were not yeah um and one of those releases that didn't stop the streets was uh roddy rich with his sophomore (laughs) album um highly anticipated sophomore album was it i think it was just coming off the first because of the first uh you know the smashes on the first album. Okay. You know no, it's weird. You didn't think people it's were weird waiting for it. Honestly, no. <laughs> like the that's the weird thing with him is the first album yeah. to me was good, but it wasn't anything to get crazy like hyped about. Right. Uh he really kind of blew up off of a couple of different hits. Mm-hmm. but the album really and i think like we had talked to, at that point we were reviewing you know every week we we were reviewing new releases we were talking about all the music coming out and we still didn't talk about his first album right so it was like, so single heavy yeah and, and i i was kind of late listening to it i remember and just thinking like you know this this is not really worth me stopping the podcast to like remind people that this came out, right? But this was my first time really diving into him, you know, hearing what he sounds like because that mm-hmm. first album was a while ago, and it was obviously his first project. Yeah, and, and this I came was, out with no singles, right? Not that I know of. Right, he was yeah. pretty quiet leading up to it. Pretty quiet as a feature most of the year. Yeah. And having listened to it twice, I can say I'm thoroughly disappointed. I can't even really, I really don't have a lot of like in-depth criticism. Yeah. He's just boring. It, it is very boring. And it, it's very, uh, it had no versatility to it. None. And he, I think on here before we talked about someone and I'll bring this point up again uh, twice, actually, based off the albums we chose to talk about today. If you sound like something else that I know, you have to be like, you have to stand out as better or else I'm just going to go listen to the other thing that I like. So like if, you know, I don't think it's disrespectful or like a hot take to say that he's definitely a young thug 
child from yes so if you sound like young thug but you don't sound better than young thug i'm gonna go listen to young thug it's plain and simple like it, couldn't have said it better so yeah. and you know it's tough like i knew that going into the album yeah but i i wanted to be fair i didn't want to like compare him to, to the guys he's similar to right but like you said, when every other guy that he's comparable to mm-hmm. is, you know, more interesting to listen to, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and this album kind of proved that. And, and even and for me going into it, I expected better because I like even in the last project, some of the stuff on the last project, I expected him to be a better rapper than those people that we think of when we hear his voice and everything. And he didn't do that on here. Like he, this was like line wise, this is one of the worst albums I think I've heard. Yeah, I agree. He really it, 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 dumbed it down, if anything. Yeah, but it's not. It, it's not like he was like being funny or or like saying crazy stuff. Like it was just forgettable. Yep. He's just a lot of the time he almost fell back into like talking on the beat. Yep. And of course, of course, the production here is is pretty great i would say it is and the, the, features the beats are pretty are, good yeah yeah and the beats are designed for him to sound good i mean you know he, he's not awful on any of the tracks but he's just forgettable yeah. every song i'm like within 10 minutes i don't even remember hearing it yep so, or you did or you thought you already heard it like sometimes yeah. <clears throat> like the first the second listen for me Second time I heard it, I was like, man, how many times have I heard this song? And, you know, they didn't even the beats were great, but they didn't sound distinctive with him on them. You know, even the the hooks and the flows were very similar. It was just. Yeah. Yeah. No versatility for something that took this long to come out. It felt like he just it was a quick project. Yeah, no, it didn't feel like you gave like even effort to make different music than he's comfortable with. Right. Uh, towards the end, maybe he kind of tries on a couple of hooks, but it really doesn't sound good. Yeah. This and would th- probably have been a good EP. Oh, go ahead. I just think like he tries, but we're by the time he's trying to me, it was like the 14th or 15th song. Exactly. So he's too late to save the album at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Quick and easy. Let's move on. Let's go to Juice World, Fighting Demons. Yes. Posthumous album. Really nice uh, album art. Um, yeah, I mean, he's had that every project. Yeah, but for him to probably not have been involved in this one, they really, you know, they, they right. captured his essence. If he, maybe he was. I don't know. I shouldn't say he wasn't, but maybe he was. But he's and he's easily like his posthumous releases have been mm-hmm. the most. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, like they embodied the artist the best. His posthumous albums have they been s- a little more. They feel like music he made. Yeah, they definitely sound more genuine than. Yes. And uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. And this being the second album, going into this one, I didn't expect that. Yeah, me either. 
I was like, man, they're going to have to scrap some stuff together. Yes. I, I had yeah. the same kind of fear I had the, for the Pop Smoke second album where I'm like, like, you know, there's no way guy had two albums worth of material. Right. But with Juice World, I'm listening to this album and every track is like really well put together. It's very complete. There's no there's no like filler tracks that feel like just like experimental kind of things put together. Yeah. It's very cohesive. It's mm-hmm. very like to his style that he's always had. And yeah. I, I loved it, man. I, I, I had a great time listening to it. It almost makes me feel like this might have been the more recent stuff to his death than the last project. Like maybe the last project was like was like the more put to piece together one. And this one is stuff he really had finished like right before he died. That's what it's that's what it yeah. feels like because it sounds that much like he was involved. Um, yeah, I think this one feels a little bit more cohesive than the the first one. Yeah. And it's it's good that they didn't put a lot of features on them. You know, that's one thing with the Pop Smoke one that was, you know, more or less a disaster. Depends on who you talk to about it. They did a good job here with just really only two songs with features on them. I mean, that's great. And all the songs are, you know, for him, they're a lot of the length that he normally does them. So it just felt really legit. Yeah, and, and the concept for his albums, I think, has always been good. Because mm-hmm. the subject matter, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but his subject matter is very easy to, like, relate to, really really easy to hear and kind of, like, understand. Yep. Uh, and I, I think I'm, this album, again, felt really cohesive. Like, they put an Eminem skit on there to kind of add meaning to some of the lyrics. Yeah. Juice World comes in in the second half. I thought, normally, I don't really like stuff like that, but it was really well done. I agree. I agree. And his, I mean, he's he's a top tier hook guy, man. Yeah, he is. He, he, he sounds makes so a lot of good. Hooks that you can really sing along to as well. Yeah, it's it feels so easy for him. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, like, obviously, going back to to projects like this is tough. But again, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Me too, man really good he was really 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 talented and he you know he was it was almost a strange talent kind of like a you know some of the people we've lost that i don't think juice world was ever going to be like the best artist in the world but i i feel like he was really reaching his personal peak you know yeah so that his popularity was was getting pretty crazy like even his last year yeah it was but it was like a i don't like i don't want to use another name somebody but like we've lost people who were really high in popularity but their music wasn't at its best at its prime like they weren't in their prime musically i think he was reaching his prime musically um yeah so yeah man shout out to juice world rest in peace <clears throat> okay next i i gotta hear your thoughts on rick ross's new album <laughs> i listened to it a lot what did you think about this one you listen to it a lot right now 
or you listened to it a lot like when it came out throughout the yeah the the couple weeks that it came out i was listening to it a lot um I don't know what Rick Ross was doing on this album. And when I say that, I mean that very respectfully because I love Rick Ross. I think we've, I don't think we've like said more positive praise about anyone than Rick Ross on, on our podcast, like throughout our podcast times. Since his last album, I think we've been nothing but positive. Yeah. Which is about what a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. So, um, Rick Ross has this is this is my problem with this album. Rick Ross has delivered us pristine quality music for a long time, right? And every time he doesn't, like it's like we talk about it like it's complete garbage. It really is probably not. But because Rick Ross's good projects are so flawless, when he doesn't give us flawless, it's, it looks really, really, really bad. Right? Am I wrong on that? No, you're right. So it, it comes, this album isn't bad quality wise, but it just seems very bad effort wise because. Let me just pull up some of big, some of Rick Ross's last albums, features. Meek Mill, Nipsey, Tiana Taylor, Jeezy, A Boogie, um, um, Denzel Curry, uh, you know, Dej Loaf, Summer Walker, obviously Wale, you know Wale's coming, John Legend, Lil Wayne, Drake, right? But then we have... Willie Falcon, Dream Doll, Young Ean Ace, Major Nine, Blaxt. He's not there yet. Or Blast, I should say. He's not. Wiz is washed. Jasmine is hot right now. 21 is hot right now. That was a single. Great. Wale and Future. Odd combo. Benny the Butcher is great. The only great decision feature-wise. Exactly. On this album, unfortunately. That shows me an effort issue. It's not a quality, like, even the people who I named rap pretty well on here. But when we're coming to a Rick Ross album and your best feature is Benny, no, it's not it. It's not good. It's not good. I'm not mad. So for me, going back at it, the second, third time, I was like, yo, man, I just want to skip all of these guys. I want to skip Dream Doll's whole song. I want to skip Future's verse. I want to skip Young Ian Ace and Major Nine. I want to skip Blast's song. It just felt more skippable than it should have. With someone who's the production and the, you know, song maker that Rick Ross is, it just wasn't here. This was like a flu game for Rick Ross for me. And a bad one, not a not a Jordan flu game, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like was, an injured like this was uh Grant Hill playing through his ankle kind of game. That's yeah. what this was. It was, yeah. I, I you were 
we are on the same page, but I, I guess I'm a little bit more aggressive. I, I think this album sucked. <laughs> I, I really do. And I, I listened to it so many times because coming off the last one, <laughs> it being Rick Ross. Yeah. He, he's just been like you said, man, he, we've had nothing but positive things to say. And he's to me, he's deserved that. Right. Like, I'm, I've never been like a super Rick Ross fan. I've always listened to it. If I like it, I'll obviously I'll tell people I'll, I'll review it positively. Yeah. But man, this album was a fucking chore to get through. And it's 12 tracks. <laughs> it, it's link. not long. Like, honestly, it is not long. It does mm. not drag. The songs to me suck that bad. That like th- second, third listen, I'm like, dude, I honestly, you're talking about skipping most of the features. There's not a song on here that I, I w- wanted to listen to more than twice. Yeah. Once I heard everything the second time, I was like, I would skip literally every track if I ever heard it on a playlist. <laughs> yeah. And, and this- it, it just made me realize, like, I mean, everything you said is right, but dude, the song making has been so much better here. Everything was expected. Yeah. Everything was predictable. Everything was like easy. Uh, it never, it seemed like he, he never really tried to like get creative with the tracks. Yeah, man. The, the chemistry with the features was disgusting. Disgusting. I mean, you're talking about the, the single with 21 and Jasmine Sullivan he made them two look like a like an awful combination. He did. <laughs> and he sounds like he sounds just as bad as the features do. He yeah, never yeah. elevates the tracks like no. even with the bad features. He's never been that car- kind of artist either. Like, you know, no no offense to him, he's a great You're rapper, right. but he's a not, a, point. not a not a carrying point. guy. Yeah. That's a good point, but I, I think I just trusted the song making a, a little too much. I did too. Going into it, I did too. Because yeah. I've I've had negative reactions to his albums before, yeah. but a lot of the time it's because they're fifteen to like twenty five songs. Right. This was this was a mixtape. Yeah. It was easy. Like there's a lot of good music coming out. You you dropping right in the middle of that. You could have easily us, put some bars. He gave us nothing to come back to. Like even the nothing. song, even some albums like Black Market, I thought was pretty whack. I mean, but I still I've been playing Sorry with Chris Brown all the time. I I throw a smile mama smile sometimes. And that's like an album cut that probably has like the lowest plays on the album. I throw that on sometimes because it's, it's nice. But like this one nothing. Nothing, man. Nothing. And that was, again, I, I was just shocked because, like, every album he's ever had has had something awesome on it. Yeah. Like, a, like a, a, a top of a year kind of track, just as far as, like, how fun it is, how memorable it is. And there's nothing like that here. Yeah. I mean, the best song on here, honestly, was with the one with Dream Doll. And that song sucked. <laughs> Yeah, that song was really bad. That song sucked, but I was like, at least there's some chemistry here. At least and like some the energy. Concept, yeah, the concept of it, him kind of having some fun on the hook. I was like, okay, like 
this would be a fun like drinking song maybe or like a club song to hear yeah and and that's me that's me reaching to like one track out of 12 uh real quick side note blast has like one more album to make the same song on the whole album before I, I'm cutting them off out of my playlist. I'll never listen to them again. Oh, Bro, man. He's like had four of the exact same single just with people, different people on them. The songs sound the exact same. Even the Rick Ross song, like, dang, Black, like, Blast can't even sound different if he tries. That's tough. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Rick Ross has had some great albums, man. I know. And I, this is—it just seems like maybe he was being cheap on this one. Like, <laughs> like Benny Wale is probably free for him to put on a song. It's probably just a favor. Wiz is probably a favor. He probably paid Jasmine. Twenty-one might have been a favor. The rest of these guys, I wouldn't pay them twenty dollars to be on a track. They'd have to pay yeah. me to be on my track. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. Sounding as trash as they did a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm not paying for this. I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> exactly. Like, I know he can't bring Meek back because he pretty much snuck this Meek on like four of these tracks. But I mean, he could have had Jeezy. And you know what else? Really, you know what else really hurts about Rick Ross? He hasn't had a concept album since like Hood Billionaire. Like that's the last time the whole album was about being a hood billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mastermind, the whole album has something about, you know, being mastermind, being rich. What was the other one before that? God forgives when I don't. It was just a super classic. Um Teflon Don, the whole like you felt the Teflon Don the whole album, every single song, good or bad. The the richer than you, rich. yeah, the richer than you shit is is played out, man. Richer than I ever been, and you just bring a bunch of broke people on the tracks, a bunch of washed broke people. Wiz Khalifa, bro, bro, and Come it's on, it's like, dude, you've been in a lab with the greats. You've yes. put out elite product. With the great, I mean, forget forget the easy like the Drake, the um, forget obviously Meek Mill, Russ. How many how many great tracks does he have with Russ? Great, nowhere to be found. Obviously the the Drake, no Jay Z, no Jeezy. Diddy, I mean, he could have had Diddy. Talk about richer than I ever been. All these guys, all these guys. Every time he teams up with them, greatness. Yes. And he brings in bombs. This is Gucci. This is, you remember a Nas. long time ago? A long time ago, you said um, we reviewed Logic's second album, The Incredible True Story. And you were like, I think Logic is too early to like be bringing his boys along for the features. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like he hasn't made it to the point where you're just bringing randoms on tracks and like putting out a mainstream album, right? This is this isn't a legend, an all time goat, and he made me feel like that with this album. 
<laughs> like Rick, Rick, I don't know if this album is like good enough for you to just bring in your boys. Like, <laughs> I need some talent to raise the level here. Yeah, man. You're right about that. Yeah. I mean, hearing 21 sound bad as a feature, it, it shocked me. Bro, Major Nine doesn't even have like a Spotify photo. Like, <laughs> like a, he doesn't even have a profile. Like, come on, man. That's what you're doing, Ross. It's terrible, man. John Legend. Yeah. Every song with John Legend is fire. I mean, I know all the R&B. Chris Brown, Jamie Fox is who you pick. Jamie Fox is on this album. Or no, who am I thinking of? Oh, the dream. Oh, my bad. I was. Yeah, the dream. Yeah. Of course. Like, come on, bro. Can we pick somebody that you actually let shine on the track? <laughs> that can shine on the track. French Montana. Even him, I would have accepted French Montana. At least he has an album out. Like, he's, at least he's hot right now. Well, he, Lil, I guess he's Wayne, not, but... Lil Wayne, who's literally putting out, who's rapping more than any artist working in the industry. And better than any artist working <laughs> and is better at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, man. Two chains, like, oh my god! Literally everybody except who I heard on this fucking album. <laughs> Big Sean is back, hot. Nowhere to be found. Like, it's, oh. it's bad, man. It sucks. It does suck. It sucks. And it came out in the two months that we we're, we're kind of covering. This was like the big music release. This is the worst release of the year, in my opinion, to be honest. I, I got to think about as, it, but it's it's up there. And I mean, as far as albums that like I knew was knew was coming out, like I anticipated, this is definitely the worst album I anticipated. I Summer mean, people sent close, me... But... <laughs> The week before, man, people were like, because he kind of promoted, I think, I don't know, on social media somewhere. Yeah. And people were sending me, like, the fact that he promoted, and I got excited. Like, I want to hear another album from him. Yeah. And then I heard it. Then I forced myself to hear it again. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God it's 12 tracks, but it still still doesn't say anything. Honestly, he should have brought like his Miami people on Porter Miami too. Like if he was gonna just bring people out there. <laughs> Rather you than me. Like is Rick is Rick Wash, man? Like as a creator. Yes. Sad, sad to hear. All right, moving on. What's next? Uh, let's talk Silk Sonic. <laughs> uh, I'll keep I'll keep this short and sweet because we have movies to get to. Think, <laughs> you know. Well, I won't keep it short and sweet. You know what the problem is <clears throat> with this one. I I apologize for everyone that I uh, made slightly excited about this project because 
they advertised this. This was definitely false advertising. I'll say that. I'll blame it on the false advertising. Because when you get leave the door open was great. Smoking out the window is fire. Skate was cool. Bro. I don't know what to say about this. It, this goes back to what I said about, who did I say about? Roddy Rich. If you're going to try to make 70s, 80s music, and it's not better than 70s, 80s music, don't do it. Yeah, no. Just plain and simple. And the thing is, they made it seem like um, they would like, as a collaborative duo, they would come up with stuff that they're both kind of into and like make something together. But what they created was just them like parroting old music, the whole album. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. And it's like, it's easy. It is easy. It, it felt listening to this felt very effortless. Like just, about as far as how good they sounded yeah it is effortless and, yeah and they're both top tier artists like i've i personally don't like uh anderson pock that much but i acknowledge how talented he is mm-hmm. i acknowledge the the crazy versatility that he put he has and shows all the time i mean bruno mars i don't i've never heard him sound bad yeah he's he's really not capable of sounding bad but at this point, some, something about this, like this, the lyrics are often very emotional, Yes, but I yes. don't feel it. Let me get to that. Cause I, I was, this was a point I was going to make. What's your favorite song on here? Mm. Other than leave the door open. Just cause that was the hit. Oh, after last night, for sure. After last night. Good. Other than leave the door open after last night and smoking out the window, all these other songs, they're using lyrics that no one would say now. Like, they're using, like, 70s lyrics, but saying stuff that is, like, supposed to be relevant now. Yeah. The words, like, no one is saying the stuff, like, Blast Off specifically, that whole song, like, the lyrics sound stupid now. Like, they sound corny. Because no one's going to hear in 2022 someone say, let's blast off tonight and see the stars. Like, that's like, that's, that's a 70s thing that would have been probably fly back then. But now yeah. it's really corny. So, like, but smoking out the window, you know, they talk about, you know, kids running around the house like it's Chuck E. Cheese. We relate to that now because everyone knows what Chuck E. Cheese is. And that's like a current thing to say. After last night, all the stuff in there they say is very current. But everything else is like, bro, why are you talking about? I can't think of all the lyrics right now. But like the 777, the whole song lyrics were just weird. Fly as me. You just wouldn't say that to somebody right now. Yeah. That, you deserve I think someone that's who's big, as fly as me. I think that's a big reason to why the emotional, like the emotion of the music was lacking like it was kind of behind 
the what the lyrics were. It was. And the whole album sounded very commercially. Like I have already heard 777 on a commercial. I want to say I heard Flies Me on a commercial too. But they all sound like stuff that you give Bruno Mars a script and tell him to sing it and it, he'll sing it good. But yeah. like you said, it's not coming from this soul. It's synthetic soul. That's what it is. Yeah, and, and they, they kind of felt like clones of each other, just kind of like saying the same shit as each other. Right, right. Like there was no real distinction between the two of them besides what they actually sound like. Yeah, man. I mean, when they first came out, I was like, yo, if if they stepped into each other's lanes, like, you know, um, like Drake and Rick Ross, a lot of times, you know, Drake gets on a Rick Ross song, Rick Ross gets on a Drake song, but they don't sound like they came up with the song together. It sounds like, yo, this is Drake's song and Rick is rapping on it. like yeah. free spirit. Rick Ross would never make free spirit by himself that's a drake song that rick is on yeah and drake would never make something like gold roses by himself because it's it's rick style this had they done that the album would probably sound at least better for me personally i'll say that i would like it better if just anderson went and did some 24 karat magic stuff and bruno did some whatever anderson's last project was and when that was all right, just just some of that. I mean, it just would have made like I feel like it was just an easy fix. You know what that I would have liked on here, more. and I think it would have helped a lot. I think one song from each of them individually. That's what um um seven 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 and uh fly is me was supposed to be, right? Are they both on seven seven seven? I'm pretty sure. Oh, maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, I this it's been a little minute since I listened to it. But no, I uh, agree so with I, you. So I could I be wrong. But you. like, I think the reason I like After Last Night is because Bruno stood out to me in that song. Yeah, he did. And, and that was to me like I, I was really looking for their performances to kind of stick with me. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't. Yeah, but, but the songs, I mean, the songs are extremely high level. I, I think any casual music fan would love at least five of these tracks. I agree. At least at least a casual fan who's not familiar with kind of like different times of music. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, probably the first. I'd probably say the first. Six or seven of these for sure. Seven, seven, seven is bad though. Like, like none of the other songs are bad to me. Seven, seven, seven was bad. Seven, seven, seven and blast off are abominations in my opinion. (laughs) Everything else on here is all right. (laughs) Skate is cool, but it's just okay. Put I like put on a smile a lot. After last night is great. Smoking out the window is great. Flies me and leave the door open are cool. It's just you know what. You know what I don't like seeing? I don't want to see two artists team up just because, like, they're so great. Is that what you think they did? And that, to me, is what this album felt like. Oh, okay, okay. Like, we could could parody this this style of music because we're so elite and we kind of draw a lot of influence from it. Mm 
So mm-hmm. like he, just hearing everything, I'm like, this is no, no shit. Anderson Pack's going to sound great on this. Yeah. No shit. Bruno Mars is going to sound great on this. Yeah. But it's, it's not leaving me the lasting impression that some of their better individual best tracks do. Right. And, and that's why, that's why I said what I said about them. Had they jumped into each other's lanes, it would have been different. Not just jump into both into a lane that they know they're going to body. It doesn't, yeah. that doesn't make sense. It would give it a little more versatility too, that I, again, nine tracks and they just kind of blend together a lot of the time. Yeah. So I was disappointed, but not like, not extensively, just, just a small amount, I think. Um, but your your expectations were much higher than mine, to be fair. Well, they weren't after uh, the last song came out. Smoking Out the Window came out. My expectations dropped to the floor after. That. I remember you did tell me that. Yeah, I like Smoking Out the Window though. I think it's the best. I think at that point it was the best out of the three singles. But mm-hmm. once I heard the three singles, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. It's not gonna not gonna be. You know, at least what I hoped. Because Leave the Door Open was cool, but I thought Leave the Door Open would be the only one like that on there. I didn't realize it would all be Leave the Door Opens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, that's a good single to give you a taste of what the whole album sounds like. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And when they did that, they didn't have an album because they said they mm-hmm. did, and it took them a year to release the rest of it. So, whatever. All right, moving on. We have one more, right? Chomp 2. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, is, is there a Chomp 1? What was that? Did we listen to that? Um, I don't think so, man, because Russ, Russ drops a lot of projects. <laughs> I remember... Um... I remember Shake the Snow Globe. That was great. I remember Zoo. I liked that a lot. There's Really a Wolf was really, really, really cool. Uh, see, I don't think I really listened to Russ before that. Yeah. Wolf, there's Really a Wolf, I think, was the my first experience with him. Yeah. And I heard singles from him, but that, that one was the first full album. Dang, Russ got a lot of songs. I know. he's Dude, he's a very, he's a hard worker. He is. He is. Um, and Let's he's to been, it, you know, it's okay. crazy. Like he's been around so long mm-hmm. and he's, he's always had what all the elite rappers have. What's that? Like he has everything you need to kind of be a top tier rapper. To me, he has it. Yeah. He's a great lyricist. Yep. He has versatility. He could rap with anybody, pretty much any anybody in the current climate, I would say. Yeah. Um, he he makes songs very well, and he's shown constant improvement in his song making. Yep. And he can make a song for different situations. I think that's one thing that a lot of rappers now are really suffering Struggle. from. Yeah. I mean, like, Meek Mill was on the edge at one point where... He had no songs you could like play around women. <laughs> like if you weren't in the car with yeah. your boys, like you can't play Meek Mill anywhere else. 
But, I mean, he's got he fit- that like Drake versatility almost. He does, yeah. Yeah. And after that last one, uh, the the snow, shake the snow globe, which was just super elite. Yeah, very, very, very. Uh, and the deluxe edition was just like such a good addition to that. Yeah. But just like every other album, it was like too much Russ. I agree. Where yeah. not a lot of features, and it doesn't it doesn't ruin the album or or like make me not like it any less, but. I think it makes it for me. It makes me makes it slightly more difficult to go back to. Yes, that's that's exactly where I was going. With the the replay value kind of drops. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, no, you have to have insane versatility to make me go back to like a eighteen to twenty track album. Yeah, you know, often. Mm-hmm. And and he kind of lacked that. I think with a lot of the earlier projects. Mm-hmm. But this this is a different animal entirely. It is. Because no pun intended. His rapping his rapping has always been good to great. Here it's flawless start to finish. Start to finish. Yes. I mean, he's like he's literally sliding through tracks. Yes. Uh, Alongside killer. Alongside greats. And that was the biggest <laughs> thing was so many times I heard him and I'm like, man, like there's all these guys I want to hear him with. Yeah. And it's like this album, he, he gave the fans what they want. He gave me way more than I was ready for. I mean, this is this is everything I wanted from him that like as far as things I hadn't had. Yeah. Everything. I mean, the chemistry impeccable. The the yeah. song making impeccable. There's yes. not a boring track on here. Nope. Not a single filler track. Nope. I mean the, the last track it kind of relaxes and has a little more fun with it, but that was that was a great switch up, I thought, especially for the closeout track. I thought so too, yeah. I mean, every decision on here was great. The, the way the features come in and come out is just elite. Yeah. This album is flawless. I honestly, I, there's nothing here to criticize. This is album of the year, easily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. It's not, it's the second best rapping I've heard because Benny started off the year with, uh, what was the tape? The second tape? The um, plugs I know. Plugs I met, yeah. Plugs I Met, yeah. Yeah, Plugs I Met 2 was just the different. Also, the rapping on there was crazy. But the songs on here are obviously much better throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. he, I mean, he could keep up with Benny, no problem, to be honest. Oh, yeah, he could. That, that's the thing that impressed me so much is that I knew and I always thought that he could keep up with Game, with Jada Kiss, with any, like, any of the guys he chooses to bring on here. And yeah. he does that here. Look Doesn't at the people he has on his album. One time. But Ross has on Oh, his dude, album. don't even. That's the problem. <laughs> they came out the same weekend. Yeah. Russ, oh, my God. And I listened to Rick Ross like a few days after Russ because you had told me about it. Yeah. But I was, I was shocked that one of the 
best rappers, you know, one of the most known rappers in Ross had nonsense featured while Russ had like album of the year features all over the place. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, one thing about the collaborative effort he gave here, the, the chemistry, he never like tries to body the other person on here. Like it, it looks like they really work together to make a good song. Like I, yeah. I've heard people like, yeah, I'm going to put him on the song, but you know, I'm going to come back third verse and go absolutely crazy. Or like they hear the song, they hear the other person's verse and they go on it after and try to go a lot harder. And like, they come with their best writers and everything. I didn't feel that at all on here. It just looked like two, it sounded like two guys or, you know, however many guys on the track just hanging out and just spitting fire. You know, it didn't, I felt no, felt no competitive, like, no. flames on here. And, and that's what he, he often, good. like, expresses that, having right. that. Right, right. Which kind of made me, like, mad because I'm like, dude, I, I like that, but I still want you to work with these guys because the potential is crazy. And exactly. this album proves that point. My point exactly. Because I did, when I first saw this, I'm like, he's going to go in here and try to out-rap Jay Electronica. He's going to get smoked. Yes. He's going to try to out-rap Papoose. He's going to get smoked. Like, I thought he was really going to try to go out-rap these guys. But no, he just made good music with these guys. Yeah. So, um, the features on here for those who haven't listened to this and aren't looking at it, the features Ransom, Papoose, The Game, Styles P, Westside Gun, Jadakiss, Snoop Dogg, Big Crit, Jay Electronica, Big Sean, Wale, Joey Badass, Conway the Machine, Ghostface Killer, Lloyd Banks, Sai High the Prince, my cousin, Mozzie. Like, bro, <laughs> these names are all like certified. Flamethrowers, like this is a legend level album as far as the feature choices. This is like what I would expect, like Nas to ha- come out with, like all these people who want to be on there with Nas, Nas, like, Jay Z, like any of the Lil Wayne is another guy, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the again, the disparity them coming out the same week. Not working together, which kind of made me mad because I'm like, dude, you guys are such a good duo. Yeah. And then I see why. I mean, Russ, Russ said, I'm I'm busy. <laughs> Everyone Rick called was working on Russ's album. A hundred percent. Yo, man, what are you doing? Uh my bad. I'm on Russ's album. You too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Give I mean, me, this, um, oh, go ahead. it's just crazy. You know what all these features kind of tell me is that Russ is finally like mainstream. Mm, mm-hmm. This is like they must me, know Russ to even do this. That's what I'm saying. To me, this is an industry wide cosign mm-hmm. where he, like Russ is a lot of times gets kind of just forgotten or ignored. I don't know why. But, like, people, for some reason, just aren't eager to, to listen to his music a lot of the time. Right. And this, to me, is like a slap in the face of, of that logic. Yeah, yeah. And plus, Deservingly so. 
Plus, he's rapping on like some of the greatest beat makers beats. DJ Premier, Harry Fraud, Hit Boy, like, bro. There was one. There's one other one that he didn't have listed. Alchemist, like those are those guys are like legendary, like yep. New York hip hop beat makers. Like all the greatest rappers want those guys to make their beats. So that's like, what I'm saying. That's why to me this is like an industry cosign that now he's among the rap greats. It is, yeah. It definitely was. Ninth Wonder. <sighs> yeah. The beats. I'm going through like all the beat, all the. Oh my god! Stuff. I mean, the beats on here are a whole other like animal as far as what we could talk about. And he never stuttered. Static Selecta. Yeah. It's crazy. These guys, I mean, the beat, the producers on here, I could listen to their album of just beats. Like, and I do sometimes. Static Selecta yeah. has great albums of just instrumental fire beats. Jake One, like, crazy. I'm going through all the production. So, Bink, Jay-Z, you know, Jay-Z beat maker. Yeah. Boy Wanda, of course. It's just no it's just crazy because it kind of defeats like his the persona he's had, which was always very individual, very like lone wolf. I'll do it myself. Yeah. And I'm again, I'm just I'm so happy to see him break through. And like, I look forward to seeing him work with more people. You know, what? some of this sounded like he's a guy I'm... I want to hear with literally everyone. Well, some of this sounded like I would be the one to say it. People may not want to say it, but I was questioning who was helping who on some of these songs. Like, Papoose is not giving Russ a favor. Russ is giving Papoose a favor. Because I bet Facts. most people who listen to Russ do not know who Papoose is. Facts. <laughs> Ransom. Like, is you know, some of these people... Uh, you gotta reach in there. You gotta be an early two thousands guy to know some of these guys, yeah. even the nineties guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So give me, give me some of your favorite. Um, first, give me your two favorite rappers that are on here that are not Russ, and then give me your two favorite per- performances on here, like the your favorite rappers. Regardless of what their performance was on here, like when you first okay. looked at it, you, when you I saw these you. two names, yeah. Uh, Game and Lloyd Banks were the two uh, that I was like, "Holy shit!" Mm-hmm. Like okay. immediate as soon as I saw them. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was Game uh, and, and Crit my- for me. So we both knew Game was is <laughs> crazy. So yeah. my favorite performance, my two favorites, I think. Papoose is definitely one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's got to be game. It, it has to be. <laughs> game win. I, 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 I want to give it to somebody else, but he was the only one who, uh, who did listen to the teacher's instructions where you said, uh, you said, like, nobody came on here trying to kill Ru- Russ and Russ wasn't trying. Game said, no, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like maybe russ told them like yo man I, this ain't no competition we just killing the game he was like man you, you know me right like i'm about to oh go my here God. and kill you 
Yeah, he was like, he was in his bag. And uh, that song, that song like takes this album into like, at that point, you know that you're in for something crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Um, For me, I mean, Game has my favorite verse on it. Who's your, who's your next one other than Game? Uh, Papoose, definitely. No, after, after that. Like if we both cancel game, because game is my favorite on here too. So let's just cancel him out. Mm, I think I think Jay Electronica. Okay. I like Jay too. I like I liked um I think I'm gonna go with uh I liked Jay to kiss a lot. And Big Sean's verse on here was fantastic. Yeah. Best Big Sean I've heard. I mean, I don't know what Big Sean's been eating lately. I don't know what, you know, how Hit long he's been meditating right. or whatever he's doing, huh? Hit Boy got him right. Right, for sure. Because he's, Maybe... he's just eating beats right now. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. So I'll say Big, I'll say Sean. His verse is great. Yep. This album, like, if you're a hip-hop fan, you can't miss this. This this is a must-listen, no yeah. question. If you like rap, this is this is the best album of the year. Yes. Best album of the year. Um, Okay. Are we done with music? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I listened to A Boogie EP. Okay. We have, we have solo listens. Go ahead. I didn't listen to it. I have one, too. I have another one, a, a big release to end the year, but um, a boogeyman was bad. Mm. No, f- no features, which isn't really what I want to hear from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, no song versatility, which was kind of a shocker to me. Yeah, because he's definitely improved on that lately. Yeah, and, th- and that was kind of a standout. That was a big reason why I liked a lot of his albums was the songs were very different. He had a lot of a lot of ways he could kind of play on tracks, but yeah. here it's just it's just repetitive. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. It was disappointing. <laughs> it's only I think seven, eight tracks, but I, I was a huge fan of his, but I hadn't heard him in a while. And mm-hmm. I saw this came out and I'm like, yo, like I hadn't heard anything. I haven't seen a track from him. I think I've I could noticed I could the- see why. Yeah, I think I noticed a pattern of guys really not promoting the trash that they put out. And maybe it's not that. Maybe it's the label that isn't promoting it, whatever. But anyway, what's your other one? Nas. Oh, yeah. Magic. Yes. I listened Surprise. to Surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have a lot to say about it? No. I mean, it was good. It was good, but I didn't need it. Me too. Because he had a good year. He had a nice album at the end of the summer. Uh, and that was enough to me, man. He's not a guy. I, I don't ever need to hear multiple projects from him in a year. Yeah, me either. And this was like, this felt like he was trying to force like song making. Uh, and that just has never been his game. And it just doesn't have no. to be. No, it's okay. Yeah, like it's not what we want from you. I and we'll never two, ask you to do it. 
So I thought the two Kings diseases had like a good balance of not forcing him to, to have to like really make versatile music, but still like kind of change things up slightly. Mm-hmm. But I it didn't is. really feel that in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have one. I listened to Big Boy and Sleepy Brown's album. And um, I'll be honest, I went in here thinking it was going to be trash. And uh, it's actually really, really good, man. Okay. How many tracks? Uh, 15. But but yeah, 15 with one intro. Uh, But, uh, you know, Killer Mike's on here a lot. CeeLo's on here a few times. And, you know, they kind of have some random guys. But, you know, for some reason, when Big Boy brings random people on tracks, they don't sound bad. Like, I don't notice. I don't notice them as much as like, you know, like when Rick Ross does it, I guess, because the song is very still like Big Boy really still maintains control of the songs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, this was this was good. I, I won't say it was like fire or anything because, you know, Big Boy is he's aging. But they have, there's some songs on here that I really, really, really like that I, you know, took off here and put in some playlists. Um, Killer Mike sounds great on here. Killer Mike and Big Boy and Sleepy Brown sound great all the time. So I enjoyed it. So I, I definitely would recommend it. Okay. Even if it's just like a, you're just chilling, just don't have anything to listen to. I, I definitely would put it on 48 minutes, but it was solid. Um. Yeah, I don't have anything else music-wise. Oh, the Tory Lanez album we'll talk about next time for sure. For sure. Because, yeah, it's different. <laughs> Tory is just a different animal. Oh, yeah. Completely different animal. He might need his own day, honestly. Uh, all right, let's get into movies. Um, let's... <laughs> uh, uh, one, uh, one, I think we're going to talk about significantly more than the other. So let's go with this shorter one. <laughs> yes. Don't Look Up is out on Netflix. <sighs> with the amazing cast, Leonardo, Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence. Amazing performances. Amazing performances. Who did I miss? Oh, um, Jonah Hill. Um, yeah, Meryl Streep. Tyler Perry, Timothy, uh, Timothy Chalamet comes in there. The the second half. Yep. And, um, what's her name? What's the news? She was the news lady in there. Uh, what is her real name? Oh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. Yeah. It's looking smoking by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They did their thing with her for this one for sure. Yeah. Uh, 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 written and produced by Adam McKay, who did, I want to say, Step Brothers, Anchorman, the he other did, guys. The Big Short was a big movie he did. The big also, Short. great cast. Yo, his casting budget is so insane. He's he's like a top tier director. He he was a guy we should have. You remember we were talking about like the the top Versus. fives. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a guy who should have been brought up. I don't know who makes these kind of movies. And this is the thing. The Big Short is, to me, similar to this movie, like, Mm -hmm. in in style. 
It is. But the yeah. the concept and the, what, what and how they're parodying like the yeah. situation is so much better done in the big short. And it, <laughs> it kind of, it makes the, the movie is like paced much better in, in that movie. But mm-hmm. here it is a fucking mess. There's a lot. There's a lot in here. The obviously the symbolism is cool, but the there's like so much thrown in there that is just completely unnecessary that just distracts you from like the actual symbolism of it, which I maybe that was on purpose now that I say it out loud, but I don't I don't like how it was done. Yeah, man, it, it was too like it was way too messy. Very messy, yeah. Like the big short had moments of that, but it wasn't the the movie structure wasn't messy. Right. And the, the movie you know, structure the, here is messy. The the structure, yeah, you're right. The structure is messy, and it's just and spoiler alert, it's just that once we established Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo cared about the meteor, I don't like that, like literally. I know the point of it was that other people didn't care, but like the people that they were close to didn't care. And that was just weird to me. Like the fact that Timothy Chalamet didn't care at all and Kate Blanchett, you know, was sleeping with Leonardo and they didn't like they never talked about that ever again. Like yeah. Leonardo talked about it 24-7 unless he was with her, which was weird to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um uh, but again, maybe that was the point. Maybe I'm just too dull to get it. But I just thought it was honestly, man. I thought it was obvious. Like the the parody wasn't that creative. I thought the humor was like like very on the nose. Yeah, the humor was pretty corny. Yeah, but, and like we There's said, the funniest moments, thing was the, but... was the Jennifer Lawrence bit. The whole movie. That, I thought that was by far the funniest thing in the movie. Yeah, and she's great, man. Her like. She does that thing where she's like really angry, really hostile. She does that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she was. It reminded me a little bit of um, Silver Linings Playbook, where where she was just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the movie is nowhere near that level. <laughs> yeah, this movie's not good. Let's just just <laughs> keep it, it above. It no, not it's good. not. It sucks. It flat out <laughs> sucks. Yeah, That's, the thing it, is, you haven't seen like you haven't seen hype around it at all. No, and it has, in my opinion, two of the top ten best actors of all times in Meryl Streep and Leonardo. I think they're in anybody's yep. list. They're two in the top ten ever, and Jennifer Lawrence is probably she may not be the hottest right now, but you know, last fifteen years she's one of the hottest actresses. Oh yeah out there for that combination of being a movie and then not like everyone not talk about it is just whack really just honestly just for leonardo to be the star of a movie and it not be talked about every day is is just it's a wrap to me yeah and it's weird that everything after seeing the movie everything i've read about it kind of tries to lock in on like how it was about climate but they're so obviously trashing politics the majority of the movie. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, it, it, 
I don't know, man. It, it just needed a little more focus. Because when you when you said climate to me, I didn't get climate from it at all. The whole like like the whole movie because maybe I just thought them talking about climate was too obvious. So I didn't. I tried to look deeper than that. Maybe yeah. I looked too deep, but I, I don't know. I thought I thought. I guess I thought what I said made more sense, but not really. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Let's just move on. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It sucks. I, I'm never going to watch it again. Disappointing. I'll never recommend it to somebody. Yeah, it sucks that we had to wait that long for a new Leo role, and, and this is what it was. <laughs> it's weird that it sucks, but it's not a bomb, because it was entertaining. It wasn't like... It didn't I, that's make me funny. That's funny. Leo. I never wanted to turn it off. Right, yeah. Because uh, I was but... hoping it would get better. In the end, it was just... It was an abomination, too. Yeah. So, the very end, I'm talking about. The very, very end. That was just completely unnecessary. Anyway. (laughs) Moving on. Oh. Yeah. Moving on. Spider-Man. By now, you have seen it. Yes. No spoiler alert. We're just breaking it down. Happy to see it destroyed the box office. Absolutely wrecked it. Yeah, I I needed movies to kind of get back into the swing of things. Tom no needed pun, this. No pun intended. Tom Holland needed this to get you know to um, <laughs> assert his dominance over Timothy Chalamet. In my opinion. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the real issue here. Timothy Chalamet was running around with Zendaya all year. Hugging up with her interviews, photo oh, shoots. Man. <laughs> Tom needed this W. You know he did. <laughs> like, he did. He did. And his chemistry, and it, his chemistry with Zendaya, like the first time it shined to me. It didn't shine in the previous movie. I agree. Because this is the first movie I think they really get a chance to like shine as a duo. Yeah. He need he definitely needed that, man. Cause like this came out and was not as big of a movie as Dune. Yeah, he'd have to <laughs> he'd have to reconsider everything because <laughs> Dune Two is coming. Like, I know, Soon. <laughs> they're gonna be back on tour. So like, <laughs> I know. Oh man, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Like, that. yeah, he gotta be like, he gotta oh, say, funny. yeah. When Dune comes out, he gotta be like, yeah, but it's not doing No Way Home numbers, nah. is it? Yeah, it's not. It's not. And <laughs> let's talk about it, man. This movie. Uh, it's obviously an immense success. Yeah, it is. And I, I think it really deserves all the praise, all the hype, all the kind of reignited energy that I think um, Marvel has now for different concepts. Mm-hmm. Like you see, you see, they're already interested in kind of going back to the older Spider-Man just because their reception was so awesome for them. <laughs> Which I hope they don't. <laughs> yeah but again they better not again i don't mind them like looking at every possible direction they could go yeah and this movie opened up so many things when we finish this give me what direction you want it to go when we're done with this just okay. think about it while we're talking okay um where do you want to start because it's hard there's so much in this movie and you want to start negative or of... positive no definitely positive Okay, positive. Um, I think this 
Spider-Man movie was the best, like a semblance of acting in any of them. As far as like every character in here was really, really good. Yeah, um, I agree. And that's the first time I'll say that about the Disney Marvel movie, Disney Spider-Man movies, because I know I'm I know I stand alone in this, but I think um Homecoming was trash. I really do. I think Homecoming was a Disney Channel movie. I think the last one was good, but we talked See, about I'm, I'm the opposite. I liked Homecoming. I thought the last one was much worse. No man. Homecoming was bad, dude. <laughs> we agree to disagree. Homecoming was bad. Dude, Michael Keaton. <laughs> Michael Keaton, man. He had me worried that he was like completely washed after I watched him. Like, yo, is Michael Keaton like done? I really I've I really seen in the like car. That. He's not good in the car when Peter like figures out. That no. he's the dad. It, no. no. Okay. All right. All right. Then we're just no. different with that one. <laughs> all right. Anyway, I think um, this one, man, Ned was great. Uh, obviously, obviously, Toby and Garfield were great. Again, no spoiler. You should have seen it by now. If you haven't, oh, well. Um, uh, man, what's, what's Doc Ock's real name again? Melina. Oh, Alfred Melina. Yes, great. Alfred Melina. Awesome. The cast, everybody here shines. They really, there, they there's really. Nobody, do. nobody's like, like, there's no extra role in the movie that didn't need to be there. Nope. Uh, nope. I thought everybody got a, a sufficient amount of time to like really be a good part of the movie. That, fit, I, I, fit that the was story very well. That was really important, man. It really was really really important because i was worried obviously when the trailer came out i saw the the bomb i saw the sand i saw the electricity i saw the you know like we we saw all that so when i saw them like yo this is gonna be an acting mess but everyone got to do their thing man and you their personalities their original personalities of the characters came out and shined like it wasn't just the actors but the characters all felt so real again that, that yeah. was huge and this, i was this, worried about that and it was huge one one huge credit i think i gotta give the whole tom holland trilogy that i think spider-man lost with garfield's two movies mm-hmm. I, I feel and this one obviously more than the other two but i feel the respect for the character in this trilogy explain where they're very they're, they flush out both of his personalities, Peter Parker and Spider-Man very well. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they surround him with like the, the situations, the storyline, kind of how it progresses. It's very natural to how Spider-Man has been. Okay. And I think this movie, considering how big it is and how like the scale of it is so crazy for a Spider-Man movie, yeah, I I loved how they zoned in on Peter Parker's flaws. Okay, and I I, I thought that was kind of what made the movie as great as it as complete and as great as it was. Yeah, so okay. that, that that was a huge standout to me. I agree with that. I would agree with that. 
I think they definitely took it back to basics with yeah. this with this trilogy while still trying to carry the see that was the other thing I didn't like about the first one was how much they still tried to carry like the universe with Iron Man being in it so much. Yeah. Um, and that obviously that's tough, and that's just something that they had to do for these movies. Um, but to your point, they respected Spider-Man by bringing him back to, you know, Spider-Man. Like his, the core of who Peter Parker was, I thought. Yeah, you're right. With, with Garfield, with Garfield, I mean, the movies obviously are much worse, but like he was just funny. He, he didn't really have that much personality beyond being funny. He, I, I think... I think Garfield did was not a good balance of Peter Parker and Spider-Man at all. Right. And he was very good in this, by the way. He was, yeah. I think Garfield yeah. was a really good dude. Like he was good Peter Parker, just very human level person. But as Spider-Man, like I, I wouldn't want him as I didn't like him. When he put the mask on, I was done with him. Like that's how it felt. Yeah, I mean, me. I, I can see that. I, I don't know, man. I, I just thought. Like, the vulnerability that Spider-Man had to kind of make the story go how it went mm-hmm. made made it so so cohesive, so well done. Yeah. And Tom Holland, like, this is the first one where, to me, Tom Holland had to be great and was. As an actor? Yes. I agree. I agree with that, for sure. So that was impressive to me. I, again, I, I thought, like, them kind of embracing how big the scope of the movie is also worked so well. Because mm-hmm. th- there were like logical flaws to some of the things that happened. Yeah. But I could forgive stuff like that when the overall story is very meaningful. It moves in a very realistic way, which yeah. this movie did for the most yeah. part. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to start, man. Uh, I thought Cumberbatch was great too. Oh, you yeah. mentioned him, but he was yeah, great. Yeah, just give me, give me like your your three favorite things from the movie, just off the top of your head. My three favorite things. <laughs> like this is the lowest one of the three, but I really like that they actually let Jamie Fox be Jamie Fox in here. Yes, like he was actually funny. He was cool. You know, he was handsome. He was suave at the same time. Like, that's who Jamie Foxx is. So, like, I felt Jamie Foxx got to actually be who he is in here. And it was obviously easy. It was natural. He was funny. You know, I thought his comic relief was great. Him shouting out um, Miles Morales with the I thought you'd be black thing. That was great. Um, So, Jamie's definitely one of them. Um, I think I really liked the... I guess a lot of stuff I liked, but also didn't like. I liked the... I liked that the consequences... Like, his friends felt the consequences of knowing Spider-Man. I liked that a lot, too. Like, I going into the movie, I thought, okay, like, they know it's Peter, so they obviously they know Ned and like I thought the students would know Ned and Mary, I mean Michelle Jones, MJ were down with Peter, so like they knew he was Spider-Man. 
but I didn't realize like it would affect everything like school and they would be on the news too. And they'd be targets and all that stuff. I, I didn't think they'd take it there and they did yeah. and they did it really well. So that was another thing I really liked. And I, I obviously the callbacks, man, the Garfield callbacks, the Toby hurting his back callback, them talking about who they fought. Toby saying, you know, I fought him talking about um, Venom and like that kind of stuff. I liked that a lot too. I probably like that the most. The callbacks is cool. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of mine. I mean, first, I would say I love that they embraced the villains as characters. Yes. Another thing, all the weaker Spider-Man movies have this problem. They don't really mm-hmm. characterize the villains as much as the better movies. Right. And this movie, I thought, coming into it, I was very scared because I'm like, obviously, I knew that they were going to do a lot. Other Spider-Mans could potentially be in there. Mm-hmm. And I was scared that, like, they're, they're going to try too many things that the villains, again, are just going to pop in for just to, for the sake of the story. And, oh, well, go ahead. I'll wait till you're done. And, and I, I think they didn't do that. They kind of made Peter make a very idiotic choice right. to make that happen which yeah. I didn't like. Right. But as the movie went on after that, I really liked how some of the villains like were incorporated into the story a little bit differently than you would expect. Yeah. Like how Alfred really wanted to be better and how exactly Jamie wasn't sure. Like, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I was going to say is um, I think the Tom Holland movies have been the worst at that actually to me, like, characterizing who the villains really are because i don't think vulture was like fully like when i left the in the movie i didn't really feel like i cared who vulture was at the end of the movie even um mysterio like i think it made it seem more idiotic because they didn't like really get any deeper to why he did this where he came from. I, I liked in the last ones, even Garfield's, how you got to watch the origin of the villains. And obviously Toby's, you know, we saw everything. We saw from uh, Dr. Octavius being his professor to being how he was. Like, I think they always did a good, a better job at that than the last, than these Holland movies. I think they kind of rushed the characters like, yo, here's the villain. This is what he wants. He's about to do it. And then Spider-Man has to like quickly. I think, I think Holland's like the villain development hasn't been the strong like point of the series. It's way better than the Garfield movies. It, Especially it's, two. It's better. I'll give you one, the lizard, like the, the doctor guy was like, he was a focal point, even though I didn't really like the character, but the second movie had like uh, Harry Osborn not flushed out at all. Electro no, no, was not flushed out at all. Rhino comes in for the last scene of the movie. Like it was just awful. <laughs> Rhino, that movie was really bad. Just, Rhino yeah, was the, really it's bad. The, that movie but, is the problem more so you, than Garfield. You did kind of get to see Electro's power hungry thing, like because he had no power. It was so he, bad. People, it was bad. It was just bad. 
But I'm saying but this. You, you, trash it, you trash it Vulture and uh, Mysterio. Like, they're nowhere near that bad. No, they're not. I liked. I just said I liked Mysterio. I got but, you. Um, I'm, all I'm saying is you saw his villain story happen. Like, right. Mysterio, he came in and he was already the nah, villain. Not Mysterio, yeah. Nothing. And even Vulture, he already had the stuff, like, moving. These plans yeah, very in action when we kind of dropped into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, well, what's your what's your next your next uh, favorite thing? Um, I think the my, uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was my next favorite thing time. was <laughs> was just how um, how they kind of didn't take the story almost seriously at first. Like, yeah. I, I thought the first 30 minutes of the movie was very kind of, like, fun. It, it felt almost like like a, like a full-blown comedy. Yeah. Where it was very silly a lot of the time. Even some of the kind of scenes were almost like a joke, how unrealistic they were in a couple cases. Yeah. And I thought that was funny to begin with. And right as I started fearing, like, I don't want the whole movie to be this tone it gets serious like that the perfect moment mm-hmm. I so you. that was another thing where a big problem is like they're they're they focus on the humor with marvel that's a thing throughout their whole franchise is disney they, they focused on the humor too much i think that's and the, the movie, disney thing yeah but this movie never let the humor like let 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 it get away from the story right yeah even so that, that opening the portals by accident and stuff like that. Yeah, that was Still, dumb as fuck, but I it was funny. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, was silly enough to like where I didn't take it seriously. Say your uh last positive because I have I have a call oh, I need, I'm itching to get off. <laughs> easy, easily the yeah, we gotta get to some cons, but um because the more I think about it, the more there are story issues, but uh-huh. Uh, the 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 Garfield and and to- Toby Maguire was just flawless. <laughs> yeah, he was. Like Garfield, to me, Garfield elevated my memory of him as Spider Man because because mm-hmm. my the standard for his movies was low. It was, yeah. Maguire, I mean, he came in and like the way the the lines they gave him, just how he expressed things was. I mean, it brought me back to my childhood because mm-hmm. Spider-Man 1 and 2, I think, are fucking awesome. Yeah, they're fantastic. And I've seen them so many, like, countless times through my childhood. So yeah, hearing I him, sat like, in the when... theater for 2 and 3. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, 2 and 3, I'm pretty sure I did too. But when when uh, when Doc, Doc Ock, like, asks him, Peter, how are you? And he says, like, trying to be better. Yeah. Or, or trying to do better. Oh, I almost teared up. Yeah. Like exactly what he said in the other movie. I was like, oh, I immediately remembered it once he said it. All the stuff with Garfield where he saves uh, the girl at the end on like his movie. That was tough, man. I thought all that stuff was, was them, them comparing their powers. Was yeah. Just so good. Very, so very, good. very good. Yeah. 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 I, I, I also really like the progression of MJ and Peter's love in this. I really do. Yeah. I didn't think I would, but it was very, it was done very well in this. 
love, like whatever, puppy love, whatever it was. Uh, my first con is this is my con with all the Tom Holland movies. This is why I, I don't like the Tom Holland movies that much. <laughs> Tom Holland didn't save, he saved one civilian in this movie, in the whole movie, just one. And it was the um, MIT representative. Like no other civilians were saved from the neighborhood Spider Man. And that's one thing, like, I'm not, I'm not a nostalgia geek or anything, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not playing the nostalgia game, but it's just that, that was one thing that made Toby's movie so special, the, how much he put on the line to save just regular people, like all the time, people he, he didn't know, like at the time, um, who was it? Bryce Dallas Howard, I think in, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, he didn't know her when he saved her that first time. And then, you know, she ended up liking him, got the kiss and all that mess. But like that building, he saved a bunch of people in that building from falling, saved her. The bus scene in two, classic. Probably one, Are you talking about the train? Is, the train? Yeah, the train, train, the oh, train scene. dude, top tier. One of the greatest action greatest, sequences ever. Greatest superheroes probably the greatest superhero scene in all of superhero movies oh, yeah. in my opinion like solo it's up scene. there it's up there yeah um and in one i can't remember all the people he saved in one but he was saving people left and right from yeah but in, in one he's always like he constantly loses to green goblin because like he has to save somebody yeah i like that i know me too oh i, I was about to say i thought you were saying you didn't like that i was like yeah no no i, I, lo- love, I love that, that. yeah and Tom has zero of that. <laughs> like, really, in any of his movies, he saves so few civilians in the movies. Because, I like, two, the, the um, you know, Mysterio, it was all fake anyway. Even the people, like, were projections that he made it yeah. seem like he was saving yeah. and stuff. Um, and, and that's, this is my problem with a lot of the superhero vil- movies. I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting off topic, but. I don't like when the movie is based around the villain just not liking the superhero. It's almost like when you're playing a pickup game and there's two guys that like kind of know each other and they're playing one on one the whole game. Yeah. That's how some of them just some of the Marvel movies get yeah. sometimes. I think I right? do think superhero movies are approaching um like like being stale Mm -hmm. they're not there yet but they're getting very like they're getting closer and closer because a lot of that is just because it's so much superhero stuff coming out yeah 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 and anyway um cons of this obviously the the plot was just like it's just ridiculous for him to think he was gonna do what he wanted to do in this like that was just crazy to start um yeah man and that's the thing like at in the beginning it was kind of pissing me off because like they made peter parker a fucking idiot in this movie (laughs) for a long portion of this movie you forget that peter parker is supposed to be a genius in all all three of these movies right and he, he just does really dumb shit and then like there's a level of remorse they expect you to have for him 
Yeah. But to me, like, they didn't reach it because, again, a lot of the problems were self-inflicted. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Exactly. And the other thing is, like, yo, if you could go into a middle school, I mean, a high school science lab and cook up everything to be the six greatest villains in your character's history, like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> we can't go to the high school chemistry lab and beat the lizard. It took him two and a half hours to be in the movie. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And and I I mentioned it, but I thought the choice, the choice Peter made to like help the villains, I thought yeah. was so fucking stupid. It was. It was. It was as bad as like the um, um, <laughs> the Star Lord Thanos. And yes, yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, we like have he to literally, go off and still... he sells he sells the solution because he now now after doing dumb shit now he wants to like make it work, right? Like Peter, you don't get both exactly. And, and I liked it as the movie went on, but it never it never like be, went beyond a, a story flaw to me. Yeah, the whole because, yeah, like, it. It was the flaw of the whole movie because even at the end, the fact that they wanted to go to the Statue of Liberty just to get the box, like it didn't even make sense in itself. Why wouldn't you just go wreak havoc while you're there? Yeah. Like, why would you go beat? Obviously, they can't destroy the box or else they would have already. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? They can't yeah. even beat Spider Man. Yeah, I thought this story had a number of flaws, but. I expected that considering, again, the scope of it. Mm-hmm. And, and none of the flaws took me out of the movie. Yeah. Again, a lot of that was because of the positives. The characters were great. The, the yeah. chemistry was great. The, the, once, once the old Spider-Man, like the movie honestly was getting a little too slow. And then once Ned pulls in the other Spider-Mans, you're locked in till yeah. the end. Yeah. Yep. But again, it's just they, they had to have certain story flaws. I I figured they would as soon as I saw that they were doing multiverse stuff. What's your biggest the uh like your least favorite moment of the movie? The moment you hated the most. Yeah, the I can go I first. The most. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me, give me yours. The fact that Spider-Man didn't even beat any of the villains. Like, bro, the fact that the Stark Tech beat Doc Ock in the beginning, I was like, bro, are you are you kidding me? Like, this is what we're doing? That made me so mad. Like, I, it, it, <laughs> it made me ball my fists up in the theater. I'm like, bro, are you kidding me? He ripped the thing off and... Tony Stark from the grave beat Doc Ock and Spider-Man still can't? To me, there wasn't nearly enough action in this movie. Yes. Not nearly enough. I'm watching watching them fight in the field with Electro. Great. The end, just so great. But there was nothing at stake, even in the Electro one. Like, bro, we're in an empty field. Nothing is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was still nothing even at stake. But no, it, I I did like that a lot. And then when Sandman helped him, that was fire. Yeah. 
and uh, <laughs> but and I also you know what another con I had what? was the the twist that William Defoe who was spectacular Fantastic. so so good um he can be cast in anything and I'd love it me too uh but he like the the expected turn for him to like betray everybody yeah. It was so obvious. Yeah, they foreshadowed it a lot. So, yeah, and I, I thought they could have, like, they could have played that to be a little bit more of a twist. Yeah. Uh, but they just seemed to, like, kind of give it away that that was going to happen. And the thing is, they didn't even, like, I, I'm going to get to that because I'll get to that in a second. Um, the other thing about what you said, the action one thing that separated the Spider-Man movies forever to me was the flash. There was always so much flash in the fighting scenes of Spider-Man. Even the ones that weren't good, it was flash. Like the the construction scene in Spider-Man 3 was flashy. It was Venom, it was Sandman, it was, you know, he was getting hit, his face this um the mask was ripping off his face. He was getting thrown off of buildings. He was catching Mary Jane and all these weird ways um you know obviously the train scene but even not the train scene but when they were going up the building remember that yeah and, um Doc Ock flashy it was like they always showed you something you never saw in a superhero movie before and and yeah I'm I, I feel like I'm I'm not dogging Tom Holland because I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man I'm dogging really Disney when I say this the Disney ones, Disney Sony ones, I didn't get I didn't get much of the flash at all in any of them. But this one, I thought I would get more, and they had more opportunity to give it to us, and they still did, even at the end. No. You know what's really a big knock on this movie is I'm not pressed to watch it again. Mm. Yeah. Me that either. was my first takeaway. That was my first takeaway coming out of the theater. I'm like, I, I loved it, but I'm I'm good. Like I I don't need to re-see anything. I'm there wasn't like any epic moments that I'm eager to see again. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to it at some point again for the the old Spider-Mans, the good characters. But am I pressed to go back to it like I was every Avengers movie? No, no, me either. Great point. And they're talking about and they're talking about this being the potentially the best Marvel movie. That is that is no. ridiculous cap. It's blasphemy. It's blasphemy. This is nonsense. Blasphemy. All right, your your favorite scene hit me. My favorite scene was uh definitely them discussing the webs. <laughs> That was definitely the funniest. It made me laugh the most. Do, uh, which side are you on? Are you on the in-body webs or the electric? Well, definitely in-body webs. I want them to come out of my body. Yes. I want to be saying, able to produce man. them. Why that's do people why I was like hoping the... they'd talk about it. Like <laughs> When they started discussing it, I was like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. That was fantastic. And people, for some reason, prefer the the made webs better like a lot of people i've like i hear talking about that scene like why why would you want to have to make your own webs what's the point yeah yeah that's whack my favorite scene 
my absolute favorite scene was actually <laughs> the the scene when um green goblin changed but not because of that mm. not because of that but when his spider senses were going off and he couldn't figure out why yes that part was fantastic and they miss they missed an opportunity to like explain it's because green goblin is that dude like <laughs> he is different bro <laughs> like you've never he's faced sneaky, anything like sneaky that. yeah yeah because he has the spider sense all throughout the movie he had it in against mysterio he had to use it when mysterio was doing the illusion scene yeah. which was i, I really like that scene but when um he always like does it and it's quick and it's over but in this scene it's crippling like they're talking to him and he he doesn't know why it's happening and he's in a room full of villains and it didn't go off before when he was in there with the villains like there was no problem but it's because green goblin man he's never he has never sensed anything like that kind of danger because Green Goblin is just crazy, man. Like that, that dude is sick. Like oh, he's yeah. really, like obviously he's really. Like, mentally he's like, Ill. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that scene to me was fantastic. William Defoe, William Defoe just makes it so elite. He does. I think they missed the opportunity to explain that he hasn't felt that way before. You know what I'm saying? Like he just yeah. did that, and then it did make you feel made you assume that it was because all the villains were in there, but it was actually because um, Oz, Norman Osborn had left the building. You know, like, <laughs> Green Goblin was there, and I thought Green Goblin was going to use the 3D printer to make a new mask. I thought they missed an opportunity on that, in my opinion, but I thought it would have been lit if he used, like, the Stark Tech to make, like, a Stark Tech Green Goblin mask. That would have been sick. Yeah, but they do miss a number of opportunities, which again is, is something I would expect from a movie that big. <laughs> yeah, true. And they had to cater to a lot of different fans, obviously. You know what else they I think they missed since we're on the topic? Mm-hmm. I just I thought they could have thrown in more new characters in the multiverse situation. Yeah, like who? Like, instead of having, they did, and I'm not mad at it, but they did all villains from previous movies. Oh, I got you, yeah. I think they easily could have done, you know, obviously a majority of the villains from the previous movies. And and a couple of guys that we either haven't seen before or, like, just different characters that are new. I I agree. They could have done that, but then they would have to have those Spider-Men that haven't existed yet in there, right? Yeah, the, that's the thing. I'm not mad at it because then you really kind of get too too big of a right. scope at that point. But yeah, I just I I wanted more from the multiverse kind of approach because mm-hmm. they they kind of just jumped straight into it, right? Where you know Peter's just a complete moron and he's just rapping the whole time. Doctor Strange trying to cast a spell. Uh, actually, I lied though. I do have a different favorite scene that I just remembered. What? When uh when right before they decide 
So he he Doctor Strange is like, sure, like I'll make people forget you're Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of like says one final goodbye to uh, Wong. Mm-hmm. And Wong is like thinking about the idea of the spell for a second. Yeah, and he's like, uh, and he just gives like, just leave me out of it. <laughs> just <Yeah>. leave. <laughs> I'm like, dude, he pulled it off again. Yeah, Wong just great. like Avengers. He's like, yo, so I gotta protect the sanctum and just leave. <laughs> yep, and Shang Chi. <laughs> right, Shang Chi the same way. And here it's like perfect. He he like foreshadowed. He knew. The idea was so stupid. It was going to be such a disaster mm-hmm. that he got out of there. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, last last thing to talk about, the ending. How'd you feel about it? Obviously, everyone forgets. He has to go take his GED, get his GED, um, because I guess yes. no one knew he went to high school. Um, he went to MJ's coffee shop. He didn't approach her or Ned. So what, what do you think? I, I liked it, man. I, I think it kind of, it finalized, again, some of the, like, his flaws in the movie. Mm-hmm. Where it, it the movie ended with a clear representation of the consequences to the things he did. Mm-hmm. So, so I thought it was good. And him still being soft? I mean, <laughs> again, I'm willing to let certain things slide. Well, no, I, no I'm, I'm really asking, what did you mean? What do you mean by him? Like the representation of who he was, of his flaws? That's what I meant. Like, well, is that one of the flaws? He, he caused the fact that he caused the whole situation pretty much. Like, oh, gotcha. I yeah. thought it was a fitting punishment that he got to fix things. And mm-hmm. all that had to happen was people forgot his identity. No, I, but I'm asking you, how do you feel about him not like approaching them and telling them, yo, oh, I, I thought that was good. Okay. It was, it was a good show of growth. Gotcha. Gotcha. He got to let go. Of people didn't want to hurt the people who loves him or whatever. Kristen does should have been in this movie, by the way. I, I'm not forgiving them for that. Cause I'm sure she's not doing anything, but she could have made an appearance. She knows Peter. She's still alive, even though she's I mean, not. A, why did only villains come? Villains and Spider Man. I know. I know. Yeah, Kirsten could have came. I think it would have been kind of funny if the other um, Jay Jonah came. That would have been. That could have been a funny scene. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, there's other people in there they could have brought in. Obviously, uh, Gwen is gone, but Kirsten definitely could have came. Could have made an appearance. Anyway, um, now, where do you think they should go after this? Uh, Well, they're going Venom, clearly. Right. Uh, But as far as Peter, obviously, I mean, Venom has to come. The Collector has to come. Like we're we've been waiting on the collector for like eight movies. Like he's been around since the first Guardians of the Galaxy, I think. Yeah, and he still hasn't found Spider Man. So, you know what? I think I think the the age. I think it's time for him to grow up. Mm-hmm. Like I I would finally I I think we've seen enough of the like the teen to young adult Peter Parker. 
Mm-hmm. I, I want to see him, and, and Batman did this eventually, where, like, you you could potentially, like, Ben Affleck's Batman was taken from the approach of a seasoned Batman, been around, like, mm-hmm. I, I want to see a more experienced Spider-Man. Gotcha. I'm tired of the, like, the, the fish out of water. Oh, like, oh, my God, I'm learning how to be Spider-Man. Like, we've seen nine movies now, eight movies. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So, I think it would have been cool if, like, he came into the apartment that looks a lot like Toby's, by the way, and, like, dropped a camera. And, like, now he's going to go live out what Toby did. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe he actually goes and meets an actual Mary Jane or he meets a Gwen. And maybe it doesn't have to be the same actress, obviously. But maybe he goes and now lives the story from them that, you know, I obviously he's supposed to be the youngest one because both of them are in college when they, yeah. well, he was, Toby was in high school, but he was in college in like the next one, right? I believe. Yeah, because yeah, the second movie, yeah. Dr. Octavius and stuff. So now he could live out that story now as Peter Parker. He could meet Gwen. They could, you know, whatever at the coffee shop or the newspaper or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he works for a blog. Maybe he blogs and he gets all these cool pictures of Spider-Man. That's what I want to say. I I just want to see him as an adult. Like it's, it's time to move forward. They've kind of been stuck in his timeline almost. Now, obviously, you stayed for the Multiverse of Madness trailer, right? Yes. Do you think that this gets reversed in that movie? No. You think Marissa Tomei is gone forever? You think if, him and MJ are never like him? Zendaya's done in the Spider-Man movies because there's no point in her being in them now, really. That see, that's the thing because Multiverse's Madness is coming, and it looked like they have to fix some stuff that Doctor Strange screwed up. This could be one of them because obviously they live like outside of all that stuff, right? But Doctor Strange said he would forget, but I I would think that he would live outside of his own spells. Yeah. That's a conversation for another day. Though. I mean, we, yeah, we yeah. Talk about that later, but... We're getting too deep into it, but, um, <laughs> um, I do. Well, I, I agree with you though. I hope he does become an adult. I do hope he works at a newspaper and starts the, the other Peter Parker stories. I, I think that would be a really poetic way to connect them. Like from this movie to move forward. And now, He's doing everything that they did already would be cool. That's all. Yeah, man. I I just I want to see something different. That's my thing. I also love that now he really can't go to the Avengers. He doesn't have Tony Stark anymore. Now he's like actually going to be the neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Finally. So instead of just like an Avenger free agent. Like he's been. So, (laughs) yeah. All right, that is all I got. We talked a lot today. We got a lot of music in. We got movies in. You got anything else? 
No, man. Uh, don't watch the new Matrix. <laughs> yeah, man. That was great. Really, really, uh, really, 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 it really seem, bad. It seems to be failing. And like, I hope it fails a little bit harder financially because, man, talk about a blatant cash grab. Doesn't get much more blatant. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. And then, like, the more I hear about it, the worse it feels now that I've, I've seen it. So, anyway, uh, Hawkeye is out if you haven't watched it. Yes, I will be starting that this week. Hawkeye is, is cool. Um, I guess we're it's no Marvel really until Multiverse of Madness, so we'll be back on that when Technically, it comes. Uh, the the Jared Leto. What is oh, that? Morbius! They pushed it back again. It's not coming out like t- at the start of this month. No, pushed it back again to April, I think. I already thought it was a bad sign that it was coming out at the start of the new year. Let me uh, let me fact check that real quick because I saw they said Morbius is pushed back again. Because good actually, movies do not come out in January. Morbius is being delayed till April. Yeah, delayed again. Why? I guess I know, COVID. Man. Maybe maybe COVID. But what's weird is that Morbius is in the sinister stick in this. Dang, Sinister Six, like in the old Spider-Man comics, right? And this was supposed to come out early this year. So there would have been a chance that Morbius would have been in this Spider-Man movie had it came out. But they pushed it back and then they released Spider-Man and obviously he wasn't in it. So now it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know why they keep pushing it back. It looks done. It, the more I see about the movie, the less like the less it looks good. So yeah, some of the later trailers look look not good. Yeah, I'll just say so. I hope I'm wrong, but it can't be a good sign that the movie just keeps getting delayed. Now, even now that like, even if Bond can come out, any movie should be able to come out. Because Bond took a fucking eternity. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, remember, we are the I'm Striped music show. Um, title pending. But, yeah. Um, not the No Clue podcast anymore for music and movies. Come here for the music and movies. New feed coming uh, next Next time you record, this will be on a new feed. So anyway, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to us. No Clue Podcast, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you next time.